Greetings and welcome to Qualified Nonsense. Here at Qualified Nonsense, we tackle the tough questions that you send in with our sage and sound advice. Flat or sparkling water? New York, Detroit, or Chicago-style pizza? And save the Earth or colonize Mars? Stick around to find out our thoughts on these questions and more. I'm Jake. I'm Brandon. And I'm Matt. And this is Qualified Nonsense. Qualified Nonsense was created by childhood best friends that didn't want to lose their long-lasting friendship, so we decided to create a podcast doing what we do best, giving you our quote-unquote professional advice on real-world problems and curiosities. In all reality, we hope to connect with you, the listener, and deepen our friendship all around. So let's get to it. Welcome to Qualified Nonsense. Let's do a little fun fact about uh, one another, why don't we? Jake, do you want to start? Yes. Uh, I grew up in Oregon near these guys, so that's not very fun. But I grew up on 80 acres of land, of wilderness, of swamp and woods, where me and my brother did a lot of exploring. And these guys came over and did a lot of exploring. So that's my fun fact. Nice. And my folks still live there, which is fun to go and visit and take my kids and get to show them around and do all the fun stuff. So fun fact indeed. Brandon. <laughs> uh, my fun fact is that I met my wife through online dating. Okay. Which, uh, which, okay. I, yeah. To piggyback on yours, I met my wife before you on OKCupid. Okay Bam. Hey. Can't steal my fun fact, but yeah. all right, fair. It is uh, no, no, no. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> we met uh, our wives first... on OK Cupid. There you go. Boom. Are they still around? Your I wives? Know. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Matt's not. His wife is out of town. My um, wife's in your state. I I don't know. I I know. It seems like I mostly hear about. Tinder and Hinge and Bumble and all that. I do know after I met my wife, Kara, um, that OkCupid like had turned into a quote unquote hookup site. So. Oh, uh, it's too late. Yeah, damn it. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so what happened? Did you did after you met someone and then it and then you hit it off? Did you guys just delete the app or did you like delete your accounts? Uh, deleting it now. No, um, <laughs> actually, 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 this sounds like a setup, but I, there, I'm just really curious. There is a funny story behind that. To the like, <laughs> I, <laughs> fuck off, Jake. When I when I met my wife, Kara, like I, I just left. I just left my loan. I left mine alone and let it be. And then she went back on and found me when we were dating. She's like, you still on OKQ? But I was like, because I did. I, what do I do? What do you do with it? I don't know what you do with it. Like, do you delete it? I let it go. I don't know. So uh, that's a fair question, Jake. I deleted it at that point. Sure. Yeah, I I think <laughs> we deleted ours when we were like officially official or whatever. Like, yeah, you know. that actually reminds me. I my so I, I'm not on. Uh, I am on Facebook. I'm not on. I like I don't actively use it very much. Um, and when Anna and I were dating, um, she was like at one point, she was like out of nowhere. She's like, so you're single. I was like, what? And she's like, on Facebook, it says you're single. And I was like, I haven't been on there for a while. So, okay, I shall I change it? And she's like, yeah, <laughs> that makes her sound uh, uh, domineering or something. But but it was just a funny interaction. She's like, oh, oh, I didn't realize you were single. 
that's awkward. Like, especially as you're like getting to know someone and yeah, it, like explain like, Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that panic. Yeah. Like, oh shit. It's not yeah, what it actually, looks like. Yeah. I think about that a lot. Like there's a lot of tech debt out there for, you know, in Silicon Valley, the show, they talked about how people never delete apps on their phones. Um, and they were able to build a network that way by sneaking into, you know, people's phones. But um, but there's a lot of tech deck out tech debt out there. You know, how many accounts of different services have you created and then have since stopped using? It's just sort of out there. Um, I like think about that in a sort of strange well, yeah, like kind of way. Try to forgive that kind of debt. That'd be helpful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like I saw somebody the other day was celebrating one of their anniversaries. I'm like, oh, since I met you on MySpace and I had to think back like, oh, what was your profile song? Like, do you guys remember that? You could put <laughs> profile songs. I do. I remember Phil, our, our buddy Phil uh, got on me about mine because it was I thought it was cool to have the uh, Godfather sound song. You were just ahead of your time. And he was like, oh, yeah, you're fucking. Yeah, you're so cool. I'm like, OK, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> uh well welcome to another episode here we are week number was this five uh yeah this will be this is our fifth episode let's go and we're gonna get in some questions dale after this short break and welcome back to the show first question we have melanie from california writes hi guys my husband keeps pressuring me to give my blessing to send our daughter to auditions for commercials and TV shoots. She is only four years old and is very shy. She hasn't expressed any interest in wanting to be an actor. And then in parentheses, as much as a four-year-old can express career goals. My husband is adamant that she will like it once we get her into it. But I keep putting my foot down over fears of my daughter feeling uh, my daughter's feelings being hurt, her being exploited her falling into the child actor downfall, any number of negative outcomes. My husband is dismissive of all of this. Am I overreacting or is there a way I can stop my husband from constantly bringing this up? Thanks. Hmm. That's an interesting one. I feel like each, each parent wants their kid to do something, you know, different. I don't, I don't know if it's like the, the fact that you have a little girl versus a little boy, uh, hate to put gender norms on it, but, um, I mean, that's tough. Don't, don't pressure your kid to do anything. Obviously you want your kids to do uh, a thing. You want them to have an extracurricular or find their thing, but it's a, it's an interesting one. What do you think guys? I, I, I'm interested where it's coming from, uh, whether there's some, you know, were either of you actors or wanted to be actors or dabbled in acting. Um, the, I, I, I'm interested where it's sort of coming from and maybe getting to the bottom of where it's coming from. So why is there this desire to put your daughter in commercials? Um, I think commercials are really interesting in that they're, it's not like um, performing. Um, it, it, you know, uh, technically you are performing, but um, I think kids are more drawn to generally kids are more drawn to uh, expressing themselves in fun ways. So doing, acting like things in a children's theater or like a sort of playing environment makes more sense. Um, and we sent our, our six year old to a week long 
camp of theatery things. And there's, you, you know, there's, yeah, well, but there's some fun to be had of it where they learn about their their bodies, uh, like movement in time and space, and like and 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 how they interact with people, and how you can physically sort of engage with people and tell a story that way. And there's some really cool things to be had about that. Um, whereas on a, on the set of a of a commercial, you're not really getting the fun of of that sort of thing. You're you're in like a very business, like let's make money as quickly as possible sort of environment. So I'd. I'd be interested as to why yeah. commercials is the first thing you go to as opposed to a byproduct of of wanting to be an actor. It is interesting. Like, uh, you know, the, with, with commercials, the creative is already set. There's a director, there's a DP, there's lighting, there's cinematography. It's already all there. So I would, yeah, like Jake, I'd be curious just to see where you're coming from. Like for us, we sent our six-year-old uh, girl to a cheer camp and she was not necessarily excited about it, but she came home and now she just does high kicks as the day is long. So I, that's a struggle. I I get where you're coming from of like, you want your kid to do a thing, but like, are you just going to that because it's a, like a income generating thing as well? Or is it because you're, you think your kid is legitimately curious about being an actor? Well, and you know, you you said that your your daughter is shy, so maybe doing that would kind of help get her out of her shell, or maybe discover some sort of confidence that that she has. But you know, like the other guys have said, what what is your husband's motivation for wanting to get her involved in that? And you know, if if he is so adamant about about your daughter pursuing acting or commercial acting um maybe he knows who to talk to he has a connection somewhere and maybe he could set up a meeting with these people and uh with people who have um or parents who have their children involved in uh acting or performing and maybe you could talk with them to kind of gauge the risks versus rewards things like that yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say I'm going to be a proponent of pushing your kid to go outside of their comfort zone, but don't go too hard. And I feel like that might be one of those ones where you go too hard in the paint because you're going to put a lot of pressure on them. You're going to put them in a situation where you're out of control, they're out of control, and you can't really step in because you've committed to this whole acting thing. Uh, so I would just say push them, but not too hard. Well, and if you're daughter really doesn't want to do it then a casting agent is going to pick up on that and probably not hire her anyway <laughs> so exactly yeah i guess i'll say also uh having having been an actor the the commercials are not what people are <laughs> super duper interested in they're the things that pay the rent um by I and thought, large so i thought the casting couch was what paid your rent no but like you know i would talk to i would talk to friends that are you know that are still acting and and the the projects that they're working on that they're excited about that they're interested in and they you know anticipate having a lot of fun and uh growth in are not the commercials the commercials are the things that they that they have to do in order to be able to do the fun things. So to start off with the thing that most people sort of refer to as the, ugh, I have to do this thing in order to pay rent seems like a, a 
somewhat of a backwards way to go about it. I know certainly kids like do book commercials and you can make money and get your face out there. But yeah, if she's not interested, I don't know. That doesn't sound like a great situation. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I do understand your concerns about it. You may want to wait till she's a little bit older and see if she's into that. Because I, I do think um, I remember like J- Jake, I, I think you were even younger than me. Like you started acting in like grade school. Right. And mm-hmm. um, like I started doing like community theater in middle school. And uh, I think like that, that age kind of like fourth, fifth grade, sixth grade, like getting into that region, it, it, it's kind of fun. And you're, you know, the, the, your child's able to memorize lines and uh, make friends, things like that. I, I don't know that um, necessarily being on a commercial set would be a lot of fun for a four year old. <laughs> But, yeah, which is what it should it should start as it should start as fun but like you might want to like you and your husband might want to talk and maybe try to get her involved on you know a smaller scale like a community theater children's theater sort of thing if that's what you're i mean you know every parent will pressure their kid to you know play football or baseball you know like if, if that's the direction that you kind of want them to go you know yeah, start Maybe. with like Easter church or something like yeah, a Christmas something at your church. I don't know. It I mean, not I, I'm not saying like force your kid into doing something they don't want to do, but <laughs> have them start as the nativity scene outside of your church where there's no lines and they just have to like stand there, see if they like it. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> your daughter could play a little baby. Well, four years old is a little old for a baby Jesus. Well, good luck. <laughs> um jake I think, the consen- you- I think the consensus is like don't do it <laughs> well unfortunately i think i was just reading over the question again and melanie's saying like yeah i know i know not to do it how do i how do i keep this conversation from coming up repeatedly um oh. well and that's, that's i mean well, and that's yeah so i would just say put a kibosh to it and say we're not doing this Obviously, she's uncomfortable. She doesn't like it. We're not sold on it. Let's let it lie. Call a spade a spade. Done. Maybe your husband's in like severe gambling debt or something and uh, needs a a way to (laughs) figure out what's going on. (laughs) Needs Needs a new Weedy Box commercial kid. (laughs) Did uh, have you have you done commercial any commercials, Jake? No, I've no. been on a couple of commercial auditions, but they're, I mean, they're also like. Walk us through what, that, what, what that's yeah. like. I mean, I, I haven't been on high profile ones, but I know, and, and it's been depicted in, in films and TV shows very well, but it's not a positive space to be in because most of the time commercials are very, um, they're very specifically looking for, um, a type of person uh, based on looks or based on timbre of voice or something, you know, like it's, it's, um, it's not a healthy environment to be in because it's the, the quintessential marketing capitalism stuff. So like, they don't care about, like, of course they care about ethics. They're not going to hurt anybody. Right. But, but uh, they're, um, well, they're they're not treating people (laughs) with, with humanity. You know, they're, they're trying to find a very specific, 
particular type of hair, type of nose, type of cheekbone, type of face. And, and for a young person, you know, they get that enough as it is. <clears throat> That's why I think we've all sort of said, get involved with community theater first. Um, because there you get to, you get to, um, practice and experience authenticity between people. Uh, whereas on a, on a, uh, a set of, uh, commercial, you've got, you, you've got a bunch of people making, um, judgment calls that are very superficial. Um, well, I think theater in gen theater in general is one of those few markets where they actually get to discriminate, right? Cause if you don't, <laughs> if you don't meet the bill, you don't get the job, right? So in commercials, oh, we need a little white baby that has perfect skin. Well, sorry, you don't really match that. Or, hey, in theater, and we we went through this in high school. Is like, oh, well, you don't look like an old man, of course, because we're seventeen. My brother went to Disneyland and and was wanted to be a character actor. He's like, well, I want to be Aladdin. Sorry, you're not exactly brown skin, olive. You know, you don't get to be that. You could be anything over six foot with a head. So it's like the the theater is uh the theater industry is kind of rough in that in that regards um one of the reasons why we got out of that anna and i were both actors and one of the reasons that anna had such a tough time is that it was uh terribly objectifying um everything that she was everything that made money that she was called in for whether it was commercial or otherwise um the description specifically of females um, but the description was always about their physical appearance, the size of their breasts, the size of their butt, the, the, the shape of their face, the, the curl of their hair, the color of their hair. That was, that was how they described people, um, for these money-making gigs. So to answer your question, Melanie, you can definitely, I, I would, I would bring up that point. It's, it's, you know, the actors call them cattle calls when they come in to audition a bunch of people and everyone looks the same when they're going out for a particular part, like you can walk in and you can just see a line of views. Um, and it's, it's, it's troubling. It's dehumanizing to a degree. And, um, you know, she's for like protect her from that shit. She's going to, she's going to figure all that stuff out. She's going to see all that shit. That's a part of our society. Eventually like protect her from it for a little bit. That's why we say go to a, a community theater, you know, like, yeah, go have some fun first or buy a chain of mattress stores and make local commercials and feature your kids <laughs> in them, because it seems like every mattress store owner does that as this. Yeah. <laughs> yep. It's like, or like, Hi, welcome like, to Mattress World. Thank you for blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, that's cute. I'm frozen yogurt place. <laughs> Yeah, so I would really, say take one of those two approaches. Yeah, get a get a get a serious business loan, buy a <laughs> franchise, yeah. and uh, and feature your kid. Although it could be like in our in our market, I don't know Brandon about that because like we have Mattress World, and they put on the side of like the 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 trains that go through town is this woman, this beautiful blonde woman, and it just says demand performance in bed. I was like, okay, how do you not <laughs> like? Yeah, what have you have you not seen that? It's mattress no. mattress world. Mattress world it, is huge too. But they, but they put it on uh, the TriMet trains going through downtown, and it's like this woman just standing there, and it says "demand performance in bed." And it's like you know what you did. 
You know what you call it. Oh yeah, like, is that okay? Eye like catching. That? That's it is eye, it is eye catching, and it's kind of like it gives you a giggle, but at the same point, you're like, man, she put her face on that. Well, and, and at the expense of, I mean, the yeah, at the expense of like the suggestion being <laughs> okay, and and yeah, we all get a chuckle out of that sort of stuff. But like, that's the sort of shit that like that's that's how kids start identifying themselves, exactly, comparing themselves. It's so depressing. Anyway, Melanie, let me just say, go ahead and don't do it. Yeah, good luck. Gra- grab grab your husband by the shoulders and give him a good shake. Or something just else. Shake him a bit and just and just say, just chill, bruh. Maybe he should audition for commercials. Yeah. Go. Make him do it. See, yeah, if he's, see, if he's see so, how well he's liked. Yeah. Well, he could hopefully be in one of those low PI commercials. <laughs> Moving on uh, to our next question. Greg <laughs> writes... Hello, QN team. My friends and I were discussing the infamous diarrhea song and were surprised when we all clashed on the lyrics. Some of us were baseball related partisans. Quote, when you're sliding into first and your pants are going to burst, diarrhea, cha cha cha, diarrhea, cha cha cha, etc. Others of us were in the camp of diarrhea as food lyrics. Quote, people think it's gross, but I eat it on my toast, diarrhea, diarrhea. Christ. I don't think I remember the toast one. I do remember the sliding into first one. Which yeah. version did you grow up with? Is it a regional thing? As de- well, it's definitely a something. Who eats diarrhea on toast? <laughs> like, what kind of fucked up kids? This is not a judgment zone, Matthew. That is ju- this is judgment. Yeah, no, this is judging. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and judge that one. I'm going yeah, to go ahead and say that this your friends suck. Um, I think that. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the one I'm familiar with the most is the like baseball when you're sliding into home and your pants are full of foam or whatever. <laughs> like, oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. When you, I, I, I remember the baseball ones. I don't know that I remember. When you're sliding into third and you feel a great big turd or whatever. Yeah, what was second? <laughs> well, I was just trying to remember what second was. How do you remember all these brands? When you're sliding into second. Did you look up all these quotes? Yeah. Uh, um, I I did a little research on this question, mm. and I did found find there are two different versions. Uh, did, you up diarr- did you just like Google diarrhea song or? Yeah. Um, <laughs> did you did you private browser that or or what's up? <laughs> no. Okay. Incognito um, mode. So there's this version. The, the lyrics are thus: uh, diarrhea, uh, uh-uh, diarrhea, uh-uh. People think it's funny, <laughs> but it's really dark and runny. Diarrhea, uh-uh, <laughs> diarrhea, uh-uh. People think it's gross, but I eat it on my toast. Diarrhea, uh-uh, gross. diarrhea. <sighs> I get it's gross kids. It's, it's really diarrhea, kid. but it's really fun to eat. Diarrhea, uh-uh, diarrhea. Uh, Wait, that one doesn't even rhyme. That was just like, no. hey, yeah, no, but seriously, I eat it. Hey, you want to hear this gross thing? Here we go. <laughs> and then here's the version that we're... Uh, which is the, this article from sfcritic.com says is arguably Reputable. the more popular version. It's called the diarrhea song cha-cha-cha and it goes <laughs> when you're sliding into first with your pants about to burst <laughs> diarrhea cha-cha-cha diarrhea cha-cha-cha <laughs> when you're riding in a Chevy and you feel something heavy when you're sliding into home and your pants are full of foam, diarrhea, cha-cha-cha, <laughs> diarrhea. When you're sitting in the bath and you feel something splashed, <laughs> cha-cha-cha, diarrhea. That's a, that's a, uh, 
uh, catty corner rhyme. It's like a. Uh, is that there like is a, one, yes, there is one lyric. <laughs> there is one lyric where it's like uh, feeling something load, and it's something about a load. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway. Or like if you, it's something. Isn't it like when you feel you're gonna explode and you're something with load? Like, yeah, when you feel when you feel a great big, big load that. Something, anyway, email us all oh, of your yeah. diarrhea lyrics at qualifiednonsense at gmail.com. But this, this article, is the sort of quality you can expect from qualified nonsense. <laughs> well, now we can get into the serious like uh, anthropology of, of the diarrhea song here. It oh, uh, <laughs> Folklorists <laughs> around the country still disagree on the exact origins of the diarrhea song. <laughs> many agree Wait, that the rhyme was first a- recorded sometime in the mid-60s. Recorded. How do you get a job that like allows you to weigh in as a folklorist on the diarrhea tune? Well, according to this article, which is called The Diarrhea Song, A Primer from sfcritic.com, some historians argue that the diarrhea song has its origins in mid-19th century vaudeville, (laughs) although evidence of that is lacking. (laughs) It does mention that the um, in the movie Parenthood uh, from 1989, they do the the kids sing the uh, baseball one. When you're sliding into first and you're feeling something worse, diarrhea, diarrhea. <laughs> when you're sliding into third and well, you just a turd, diarrhea, diarrhea. When you're sliding into home and your shirts are full of foam, diarrhea, diarrhea. When you're sitting in your Chevy and your shirts are feeling heavy, diarrhea, diarrhea. Kevin, honey, where'd you learn that song? Last summer at camp, Ah, oh, that was money well spent. So, yeah, I, I think we, we fall into the, the baseball kind of lyrics camp. But Wait, were all um, those baseball lyrics, or are you just reading off well, random lyrics? No. Yeah, the, these, well, it says these were from the movie Parenthood, but I don't remember all of that. Uh, that the one with <laughs> Diane Keaton? Uh, is it Diane Keaton? It, well, it's Steve Martin for sure. Mm, Steve Martin, King of Diarrhea. <laughs> anyway, I don't, think- I don't know that we have like a solid answer to your question there, champ. Uh, but you took us down an interesting path, uh, Greg, of, uh, well, memory lane. Thanks yeah. for that. Yeah, well, thanks, do you, Greg. Do you guys remember <laughs> any other like, Kind of you kn- like, no, you just listed off all of them. Every no, single I, one that I knew you'd list. I mean, not, not diarrhea related, not this song, but like other like kind of naughty rhymes or whatever from, oh, from childhood. You know, so I was thinking about this one not too long ago, but the do you remember the one the the on top of old smoky one where it had like it had the, like shooting teachers like yeah. in the rhyme? Yeah, so that's fucked up. Now, I mean, I, at the time, I, 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 you know, I think about that a lot, actually the flippant way um death is sort of conveyed in in children's rhymes or like just like playing like oscar right now my my six-year-old he loves playing like bang bang shoot him up sort of pretend games but he like he kills people and i know and in 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 pretend land and and i'm like hey man like that's real life uh and you can't you can't like play like that but i know i did when i was a kid I was in war all the time. So I think about that a lot. Like there was some rhymes that were dark, not like the, I remember the one that was, it was one? 
like joy to the world. The teacher's dead. We barbecued her head. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Really fucked up. Yeah. Um, well, we turned out all right. Yeah. There's, uh, I mean, the, like the Jingle Bells Batman Smells one. Um, I don't remember a whole lot of uh, like naughty ones, I guess. There's, um, there's like a Popeye the Sailor Man one that like I barely remember. It's like I'm Popeye the Sailor Man. I live in a garbage can. I turn on the gas. I blew off my ass. I'm Popeye the Sailor. Something like that. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, I remember that one. Just random dumb shit that kids want to say. Like just random swear words that don't even mean anything. Where did I I guess like... (laughs) Maybe maybe you were wondering this, Greg, but like where where do these come from? Because it, Germans. I think it <laughs> did you say Germans? <laughs> Germans. Because don't they have that like they have the stool peep, right? The the like all of like uh, not all of a good chunk of like German fairy tales are like, oh, you'll go to bed or it'll cut off your thumbs like stool Peter. Yeah, right? but those are actually like like those are those, those I are think like published were, works or whatever. Yeah, those, doesn't, those it doesn't mean that they're not fucked up. Yeah, but they're fucked up in different ways. Like, th- those were trying to be, like, teach morals. Sure, it was fucked up. I'm not debating that. <laughs> but... I am, I'm failing to see the comparison here. <laughs> no, no, no. That's published work. They can, well, <laughs> they I mean, can I cut off all like the thumbs they these, want. <laughs> these limericks, I guess, like, like I guess you could call them, like, schoolyard limericks, are, like, they're all kind of passed down word of mouth. Yeah. And, Spoken word. <laughs> yes. No, I think it is. Well, that's I think exactly it's, where it's they came from. Spoken kid- word on the playground. Yeah, it's it's a it's an effort of kids being edgy, right? Uh, I think that's where it comes from. I think it's kids. Is it just being like able to older siblings passing that- it down to younger siblings, or it was like that one kid Ben who's never going to get credit <laughs> for it, but he was like, "Oh, I got this funny lyric, check this out," and then it spread like wildfire. Old word of mouth. The, what about, the weird, uh, what about weird kid who would always like bring porn to school or a knife or whatever. Yeah. Well, we had we we had that at our school, and he <laughs> turned out to get like face tattoos. So, you know, I don't think that ever works out for him. You know, face tattoos aren't all bad. Some of them are pretty pretty metal, as long as you're not trying to work in retail. Uh, yeah, I think they do. So, <laughs> I do. Maybe. <laughs> I mean. You guys should ask your kids if they know those songs, because it would be. Uh... Well, luckily, I think. <clears throat> well, anything Oscar that has to do with out. like anything that has to do with farting with my kids, I guarantee you they know. Oh, that's pretty funny. My mine are not. I don't. I don't think they. I don't think they do. I'll have to ask them though. I'll have to like plant the seed. <laughs> tell me. Tell me anything you know about farts. <laughs> <laughs> you know any poems about farting? <laughs> Oh, actually, speaking of... Hey, Oscar, yeah. do you know anything about diarrhea? <laughs> <laughs> no, Oscar. Hey, hey, Oscar, uh, what happens when you're sliding into first? <laughs> <laughs> do you no, feel he, a big burst? He was he was really excited He at his theater camp that he had. Uh, he got to sing a Newsies song with a bunch of his friends, and uh, they say the word damn in it, and he was like, he was really stoked about that. He was like, he was like, hey, just to let you know, uh, there's a bad word in this song, but it's okay because I'm singing it at theater camp. And I was like, oh boy, all right, let's go. (laughs) And and like when we went to watch their little performance, 
at the little performance, everyone was like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> it was really funny. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah. <laughs> Bullies. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's impressive because like we get all we all get pissed off when the girls use the word butt. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, I, I don't I try not to swear around the boys. Um, I have a normally I have a pretty foul mouth, but um, but we don't I mean, they're they're words. I don't, I, they don't bother me much. I know they'll get in trouble at school. And that's what Anna keeps reminding me. She's like, I, I know we don't care, but they're going to get in trouble if they use that somewhere else i'm like eh, eh, okay it is impressive like i swear around the kids when i get frustrated but like they instinctively know not to use it but like they'll like one of their favorite shows is bluey which is an australian show and it's about uh i mean they're they're australian cattle dogs and they're all it's like the science they say or, a lot but in like the <laughs> australian way <laughs> no, like when they when they it, it's it's, <laughs> it's yeah, no they say cheese and crackers and uh oh, cheese and crackers and they like they pick up on that stuff and they know that they can say that but when i'm like jesus christ they don't say that <laughs> you know <laughs> so that's actually a problem in my house because i i uh tell them to do the stuff and i say for the love of christ um often <laughs> uh, because they don't they 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 get distracted easily and they think it's funny because i've turned it into sort of a meme i guess <laughs> but, but then they say it sometimes i'm like maybe don't want to do that <laughs> say it to your teachers yeah yeah when oscar gets frustrated and he goes jesus christ it's the funniest <laughs> thing it's the it's oh, so funny but i'm also like mm, buddy you might not want to use that one you can use uh, that at home but probably <laughs> not anywhere else yeah, that's the hard distinction like, yeah. <laughs> like uh fantastic mr fox rules have you guys seen that yeah, where yeah instead of swearing they say cuss like they're like, yeah, oh, cuss. Like, oh, cuss. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, cuss That's you. That's good. Cuss. I like that. <laughs> well, uh, Greg, we got a little sidetracked, but uh, I hope our last tangent of Brandon highlighting all of every <laughs> verse known to man of the diarrhea song <laughs> highlights everything for you and brings takes you back down memory lane. Thanks for your questions and the uh, and the laugh. Greg, I hope I hope there was no friendships lost when this debate was occurring. I hope everyone's <laughs> okay. Or or if you need time to recover uh, after the conversation, you know, take that time. Take that time you need. Also, follow up with uh, what region your friends were from, because yeah, we had we had never heard that that other version. Also, down a the bag B-side. of Taco Bell, and then uh, send us a message when you're on the commode and you feel a big load, and <laughs> you want to let us know what else you come up with. Yeah, but but no, you know, don't send pictures. Just don't do that. Well, send them to Jake at qualifiednonsense.com. <laughs> Shit. Speaking <laughs> of using the commode, it's time to take a break. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome back from break. This is the point in the episode where we do the lightning round. We ask three questions to each of us. We spend one minute or less, maybe two, on each question. So we're going to work on my video feed left to right, starting with Brandon. You can only have one beer for the rest of your life. What is it? I guess it should say stylistically. Stylistically, what oops, What beer would you have? Oh, not, not brand. Um... Brand or style? Uh, something probably super thick and heavy, uh, like an old Rasputin or something. No. Um, really? No, I'm just kidding. No. 
Uh, it would probably be something lighter and easier to drink. So I would say, I mean, stylistically, probably like a lager. Um, Brand-wise, probably give me that Colorado Kool-Aid Coors Banquet. Nice. Banquet. Coors. Like. Banquets, they always look so classy. I know they're <laughs> not. but <laughs> actually, actually, Coors is really interesting. I could go on and on. Uh, we took a tour when we were there in Denver. You know, they actually have beer they, they bake so much beer that they actually are fermenting it in the lines while it's transferring like so it's not just sitting in a tank it's actually fermenting in the lines it they move mm. so much product it's i did uh i mean i, I know this is a very, huge very tangent well not to interrupt jake's answer but uh I, I did watch this uh youtube video it was like a 20 minute long video of this british guy who he, he's like a beer expert whatever alcoholic and he uh (laughs) alcoholic (laughs) he uh uh was grading like doing a blind taste test of like all the like popular american domestic beers and the number one the one that he graded the best was coors banquet banquet interesting yeah yep i would do that or either uh miller high life if I had to go domestic. Anyway, Jake, oh, one beer. Rest answer? of your life. <laughs> uh, mine would probably be a a IPA, not too not too uh, malty <clears throat> IPA. Uh, something on the hoppier side. I like. Re- I really like Ninkasi's IPA selection. Um, but yeah, I, I think. But yeah, I'm 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 an IPA guy. Don't you think that would blow out your palate over time? Maybe, it would blow it out. But, it would but honestly, it. I I drink so infrequently now. It would be great. <laughs> it would it would actually be perfect. Well, it actually even before, even when I was drinking more, I I uh I still only had IPAs. The the uh, lighter stuff just never really did it for me. At that point, I would have a seltzer instead, like a like a liquor. Nice. I think for me, I would go, and this is what I, you know, if I'm drinking craft, which, uh, you know, for our listeners, I did work in the craft beer industry. Um, I would be a, a Hellas, uh, just a light German lager. I just mm. really enjoy enjoy the style. But if I had to go with like a domestic everyday drinker, and, and I did do this for several years, would be, uh, yeah, Miller High Life. Champagne of beer, man. It's so good. All right. Question number the dose. Uh, are there parallel universes? Oh boy, one to two minutes. <laughs> Yikes, <laughs> Brandon. Uh, well, I think this is an unknowable question. Um, but I would say, sure, why not? <laughs> Perfect, Jake. Yeah, I think there probably are. Um, and the thought uh, the, the thought experiment is really fun to sort of chase down. Um, but I, I, I yeah, yeah, I think there probably are nice. But I and think then, that, I think saying yeah, really fucks with most of what we know. <laughs> right. So it's yeah, it's a fun thought experiment. It I'm is gonna go uh, with, in the uh, in the and I'm going to go with the words of the great Matthew McConaughey. Uh, Don't leave me, Murph. So, yes. I'm going to go with, yes, there are. Okay. All right. That was the shortest one we I think we've ever done. Uh, 
with third crabs, one of the more complex, <laughs> with more complex answers. We talk more about beer than we did about parallel yeah. universes. Uh, <laughs> Brandon, dream job or career? Uh, to quote another Matthew McConaughey movie, you take out the heart, you bring down the beast, uh, Dragon Hunter. Uh, no, um, <laughs> I, I would probably some sort. Uh, actually, I, I think uh, like a write, like a staff writer on a sitcom or comedy show. Nice, Jake, cinematographer. I like nerding out on camera gear, and I think that would be a lot of fun because it's always it's <clears throat> it's an evolving landscapes you'd be learning stuff all the time and dialing in the settings to do the to capture the exact right moments and the right light and the right uh angles and there's so many options with lenses i think that would be a lot of fun so cinematography do you have a favorite cinematographer um I should, but I, I, no, I don't, uh, cause I, I'm shit with names. Um, there are a few films no, I, that I, I really to put you on the spot. <laughs> no, 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 that's all right. Yeah, no, I, I, there's, um, I find that I'm drawn to specific styles, but I don't have any specific names to associate those styles with. Nice. I'm going to yeah. like be cliche and say, I, I really enjoy what I do and it is a dream job because I do get to work for myself, which is kind of along the same lines of Jake as being artistic directing and being behind the camera and stuff. Um, and to answer your question, Brandon, I do have a favorite cinematographer. Uh, I don't know that I can't remember the name, but he regularly works with Michael Mann. Um, and uh, one of the more favorite films that I, I really enjoy of his um was what was it oh fuck i'm gonna blank on the name the tom cruise movie um god damn it you're gonna have collateral collateral jesus yeah uh but it's like just the more noisy style that looks like it's actually filmed on on actual film kind of grainy noisy um but yeah Mm, i (laughs) i regularly reflect on heat as a as a complete piece but also that famous uh bank robbery shootout scene yeah that's just such a well executed actually i i saw a uh, i saw a video on continuous scene right that was one yeah i I, I saw no it wasn't it wasn't a continue like it wasn't a a no break yeah it wasn't a single edit but it was um it's been you know um analyzed a handful of times and the method of filming uh that scene does so much for you 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 uh inherently understand the physical landscape so like a lot of modern movies there's a lot of jumping around and shaky cam and all this stuff and you don't really know where you are in the space and in the world that that is being depicted and heat just generally but especially that scene you know exactly where people are in uh, comparison to where other people are and so the so it just feels so uh in you like you feel you, you feel so engaged when you're watching it because you know basically exactly where everyone is and and the stakes are so high so yeah. i mean that I, I i agree that's that he's a great director and and uh i was just looking stuff. uh collateral the 
cinematographer, two guys. The they're both the DPs on that. Dion Beeb and Paul Cameron. Paul Cameron is who, yeah. Um, yeah, Paul Cameron kind of looks like the more prolific of the two. He did Man on Fire, as well as Collateral, Deja Vu, Gone in sixty seconds. Anyway, uh, and on uh, th- there's an Italian cinematographer that was on Heat that did Dante. Uh, his name is Dante Spinotti. Dante Spinotti. Well, that was offensive. (laughs) I cut that out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Good answers. Good answers. (laughs) That's been an episode. Uh, Thank you all for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, share, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your podcast app of choice. Send your advice questions to qualifiednonsense at gmail.com or hit us up on our socials, qualified underscore nonsense on Instagram, at QN Podcast on Twitter. And we're, we're on TikTok now, right, Matt? We are. Oh, you know, Do you have our, our TikTok handle? I think they're called Tiki Talkies. What's our Tiki Talkie? Uh, qualified underscore nonsense. Oh, okay. There you go. Qualified underscore nonsense on TikTok. And music provided by Ortega. Special thanks to Greg and Melanie for your questions this week. We'll see you back here next Wednesday for another brand new episode of Qualified Nonsense. Bye bye. <laughs>